Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to transform your life. Welcome to Direct Connect Empowerment with your host, Fee Mazanke. Our program will explore the concepts and ideas behind Direct Connect Coaching by introducing guests who are using or are aligned with this program and have used the ideas to transform their lives. It is our sincere hope that you can use this inspiration to do the same. Now, here is Fee Mazanke. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm so happy that you're joining us today. And as we kick off December, the month where we celebrate many holidays, I remind you about the tremendous gift of the present. Now, that's not presence that you're giving or receiving, but rather being present because so much value can be gained by remaining present in your own life. So for this month, this will be our focus. I'm going to give you a reminder each and every week to be present as you shop for, wrap, give, and receive presents. So that's a little play on words. As you know, I like to do that. And we always kick off each show each week with an example of an empowering concept. And we always begin with the boomerang effect. And the boomerang effect means that what you put out in life is what you get back. And at this busy time of year, the boomerang that I desire to throw you throughout the month of December is to empower yourself by being present. So last month, as you know, we had a focus on gratitude as it was Thanksgiving in the United States. So now this month in December, we're looking at the many distractions that come forth this month to uh, with you being present. And as we prepare for the holidays, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, it's very easy to let our undisciplined minds run amok with the myriad of to-dos to help us celebrate the season. So one really great way to empower yourself to be fully present during this month is to just simply ask yourself throughout the day, am I being fully present? Now, chances are that if you're feeling stressed, depressed, and in a state of unrest, you haven't slowed down enough to be fully present. So this month, I am encouraging all of you to be fully present and to remind yourself to do so. So if it takes writing a sticky note in your car or on your computer or uh, on your bathroom mirror to bring your mind back to the present moment, by all means do so. You'll really be happy that you gave yourself that gift of presence in your life. So now on to our very special treat today. Our guest is John Golden. Welcome to the show, John. We're so happy that you're joining us today. Oh, it's my real pleasure to join you today. Thanks for having me. And John is the president of Product Pioneering at Athletes Performance and Core Performance uh, and Team Exos. He spent the past 20 years as an executive in Fortune 500 companies. He's held leadership roles at Verizon, 
AT&T, and CNA Financial. Now, the interesting note about John is that as a college football player, he suffered a career-ending knee injury in 1986, and he faced increasing knee pain, lack of movement in both of his knees uh, following this injury. Now, check this out. After 23 knee operations, including a revolutionary human transplant on his leg in 2005, John not only regained movement and the ability to live an active life, he also sought to give back for the gift that he was given. What a generous thing to do. And as a result, John has embarked on a mission to use his successful medical outcome to help others in the same situation. So John and his doctor, Dr. Brian Cole, professor of orthopedics and head of the Rush Cartilage Restoration Center, created the Live Active Fund for Orthopedic Research. And the interesting note about John's uh, rehab is that it included mountain climbing. In fact, John scaled 14 mountains to date. Um, In addition to that, John's vision and leadership approach has garnered him recognition in the industry as the executive and club of Chicago CIO of the year and the Insurance and Technology Elite Award, among many, many others. And interesting note, his son is is in a youth football team and they they are in the playoffs uh, starting this weekend. So we are going to send John and their team off with our well wishes and and best of luck in the in the championship or in the playoffs to start of course you're going to get to the championship right john (laughs) (laughs) so let's begin where it all started john with the injury in college and if you can let our listeners know uh where you were and what happened as you sustained your injury i was a college football player at northern illinois in uh here in dekalb illinois and uh, you know, I had a, a freak accident where um, you know I was, I was making a play, and somebody had grabbed my ankle, and another person fell across the, the front of my knee, and unfortunately, my toe met my shoulder, and um, so it destroyed uh, pretty much the patella, which is your kneecap, and uh, um, other parts of my my knee joint, my femur, others. Uh, so I ended up having a, a mechanical uh, knee put in when I was about twenty years old at the time. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, what a what a uh, difficult thing to experience, especially as a twenty year old. Um, you know, here you are, kind of in the prime of your life, and then all of a sudden, um, just on a freak accident that happens. Um, and in twenty three surgeries, tell me, uh, tell me, and the listeners, John, what. What was what was happening throughout this process of the twenty three surgeries? I mean, what were you going through, physically, mentally, emotionally, going through these um, surgeries during that time? Well, thank goodness nobody had indicated to me that I was going to be on a journey for twenty three surgeries. I'm not sure I could have mentally had the fortitude for that. It, you know, it, it progressed over time. So. You know, um, as you can imagine, back in the in the late '80s, the types of knee joints they had then versus now are very different. So I've had this knee replaced a few times. Um, you know, uh, just because of wear and tear, and just you know, learnings and changes in the medical industry. But the biggest thing, and the thing that I didn't know was going on at the time, was because of uh, getting the, the the mechanical knee put in, it changed my the way I walked or my gait, and um, that 
caused all my muscles to operate differently. And I, I started to what they call circumduct or circumduct or swing my leg out. And so biomechanically, my left leg, the, 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 what at the time I used to call my good leg, was, was now not working the way it was engineered to, to, to work. And I started to wear the carter, cartilage out. So I went in for some simple surgery. The doctor said, oh, you've got a little cartilage spur. I'd get that cleaned out. And then after a few years, oh, you're bone on bone. So they wanted to do some work there. And then eventually... Um, what led to a com- complete collapse of my left leg, my top of my femur basically um, um, broke out. And uh, I was faced with the dilemma of having to have a metal rod fixated in my left leg. And so it was just over time, my gait had changed. And, I, you know, the way the doctor would describe it is, if you picture your lower leg bone, your tibia, like a, st- uh, a wooden stake, and my femur, top leg bone, being a hammer, picture a hammer hitting a wooden stake. Over time, it just splinters and breaks apart. And that's what my femur was doing to my lower leg because of the way my gait changed. Wow. And the body just really overcompensated for the injury. And then then it, all the, the mobility, or not, not all of it, but much of the mobility, I should say, um, really was impacted by that, not just in the injured leg, but in the other leg as well. Yeah, I mean, the... the <laughs> After you know ten years or so, my what used to be my good leg became my bad leg. Wow. You know, I used to go around. Uh, so you know it, uh, it. You know what I now know today is that you know you, you need to understand how your body's supposed to work, and if it's not working that way, um, it's going to eventually break down. So uh, you know we I've learned a lot about you know how to have what I call better or clean movement. Yeah, yeah, and and it's certainly what a what a what a way to learn that, you know, you, you, you learn that through a great deal of pain and difficulty and enduring all the surgeries. Um, I'm curious, John, about going through those surgeries uh, over time and kind of how you prepared yourself mentally to get through each of those surgeries. Because like you said, if somebody told you you were going through 23 of them, you, you certainly wouldn't have uh, wanted to welcome that, right? Yeah, I think, um, you know, some, some of the big lessons I learned going through the process was that, you know, the doctor would say, you'd go see the doctor and you'd say, hey, man, it's hurting a lot and, you know, uh, it's not working. And they'd say, okay, well, we're going to do this surgery. When can you do it? And then you'd have the surgery and you think you're fixed, not realizing the rehab that you have to go through. And also, the doctor really didn't tell you what the long-term consequences of that surgery was. They were just trying to help you get through that next phase. And shame on me at the time for not really challenging and advocating for myself and saying, so what's the, what's the long, long-term prognosis? Because the, doctor the doctors weren't telling me that I was not working right biomechanically and that if I kept doing what I was doing, you know, I was going to go down the path of I wouldn't be able to walk on it. You know, they, they just kept telling me you, you need to exercise less. I mean, I literally had a doctor tell me, John, uh, you need to buy a ranch because you're never going to be able to do stairs again. And so wow. they, they kept limiting my, my exercise, not helping me understand what was going on biomechanically that I had these, uh, these issues. Yeah. Yeah. And again, a difficult way to learn that lesson, but we're so happy that you got a chance to learn that lesson and, and now are sharing that message with others uh, through the, uh, the live active um, fund and and just making people aware of that well, um, know, sure go ahead 
Go ahead. No, I just said, I can't tell you why it took so long, but, you know, after oh, nine, my 19th surgery, I was talking to the head of orthopedics at this doctor uh, at this hospital, and I asked the question, finally, I said, so, doctor, tell me what I can do, because everybody's telling me what I can't do. You know, don't do this, don't do this. And he didn't have an answer for me. Hmm. And so I knew I needed to go a different route, and that's what caused me to do a lot more research and start to advocate for myself in a different way, and, and that's how I got connected with Dr. Brian Cole and the folks at Rush. Yeah, and yeah, amazing. And, and it really is um, ju- just a really important message to the listeners to, to help and support our, our listening audience to say, if, if you're faced with anything, uh, no matter what it is, if people, doctors, um, the challenges that you're you're looking at in your own life, if you're faced with that, that um, you really need to find out for yourself, be an advocate for yourself, challenge people that are telling you what you can't do, and focus um, and and learn and focus and research for yourself what you can, and obviously that's how you got connected. Um, with the folks at Rush and and how all of that happened. And and that's when you had the uh, cadaver procedure. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, Dr. Cole and his wonderful team at Rush really um, were the first people to, to really take a, an ear to, you know, John, what do you want to do? You know, not, hey, I walked into your office, I'm in pain. How do you help me get rid of the pain so I can get back to my life? Um, but really helped me chart out a path of, you know, what's the options that I could, you know, I wanted to have an active life again. I wanted, my first goal was to be able to play with my kids, you know, be able to go in the backyard, you know, to be able to go to the store and walk with them. Because I, I couldn't do it in those days. It was just too painful. And and so he he laid out the path. I mean, it wasn't pretty and it wasn't easy, but he took the time to understand that and, and, and started to help create options that I could then make decisions on. And, um, you know, we, we went through uh, a couple different experimental processes, and uh, fortunately I was very fortunate to qualify for what at the time was a pretty revolutionary approach to have a, uh, I had a, a double transplant of my meniscus in my left leg uh, and then some, uh, you know, other parts. So I was very fortunate to be part of the, the donor system here in Illinois, which is just outstanding, and uh, was a recipient of, uh, of that transplant. Wow, amazing. And um, I know that as part of your rehab uh, from the cadaver procedure, John, you began mountain climbing. Now, to get to the fact that you can't walk in the store to being able to climb mountains, can you start the process of telling us how you got to that place? Oh, I'd love to tell you that was a, a, a purpose, a, a goal I'd set from the get-go, but it really, it became more of a, uh, or as a result of my passion to kind of want to give back. You know, there, you know in, in life, if you're able to do some great things, you, you're usually surrounded by people who really believe in you and support you and, and are willing to make sacrifices for you. And that, that was the case for me. And, um, you know, Dr. Cole and his team took a big risk based on my age. You know, I was uh, 38 years old when I got that transplant. And, you know, the ideal age was somebody in their early 20s. So they took a big risk on me, and, and I was very grateful. And what, what, what first started was, you know, I wanted to play with my kids. And, 
and as the the knee started to respond and the leg started to respond and I felt like I could do more things and you need to recognize I weighed 275 pounds at the time you know I stopped exercising there was a lot of things going on and um, this gave me my life back I was able to exercise and you know so I lost 75 pounds at the time and uh, and so I was trying to to see what I could do and I sat down with Dr. Cole and his team and said what you know what's possible and and he he encouraged me to stay away from any kind of ballistic moves you know baseball basketball until the leg had a a, a really good chance to heal this was about a year post surgery and I I said to him hey how about climb a mountain and uh I didn't know what I really meant and he thought I meant a bluff in Wisconsin um, <laughs> and uh he said sure and wow. so um, I set a goal to climb a mountain, and that first mountain was Mount Rainier I climbed. Wow. That's amazing. Um, and, you know, to go, again, I, I think the, the important thing here is, and, and uh, as a leader, obviously you've, had, you've held and had some pretty significant uh, leadership roles in your life. It sounds almost like you put together a business plan of how am I going to achieve what I want to achieve? I'm sure there's a lot of parallels between um, what you learned and, and gained from your business acumen and, and applied it here. Would that be accurate, John? Yeah, that'd be very accurate. Unfortunately, it took me a lot of years to figure that out. Um, you know, I, 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 I literally, when I asked the question to the doctor, you know, tell me what I can do, not what I can't do. That was the first time I started to ask the same questions I asked in my business life, in my own personal life. And um, I started operating differently. And you, you, you're spot on. I mean, that was, you know... Uh, it beca- you know, I laid out a, a strategy and, and what I needed to do and, you know, what was the team I needed to surround myself. You know, I had a great physical therapist, great doctor. When I started to climb mountains, I built a team to help me do that. And so it was, you know, you, 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 you do run your life like your business, you know, obviously with the, the same passion. So, yeah, it was a big learning for me. Yeah, but I'm sure really valuable for you to um, to experience, you know, and, and to apply, you know, having that business um, awareness and then just being able to apply that to your situation and circumstances. Same processes, you know, same same steps to getting there, but it's just a different different mountain to climb, uh, pun intended, definitely. Yeah, um, it, it, yeah. it was, gave me a ton of clarity and it gave me, with that clarity came the, 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 the ability to focus on a goal and really go after it. Um, so, yeah, managing it like the business was, was just a, it was a big eye-opener for me. Yeah. Well, we've got to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our very inspiring story and uh, interview with John Golden. on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment do you want to directly impact your business results improve the quality of your life learn to empower yourself or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself if so directly connect with Fee Mazanki at Direct Connect Coaching Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. 
NLP works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Mazanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment. Hey, welcome back. And I'm here with my guest, John Golden, today. And John is someone who had a was a football player at Northern Illinois University and endured a career-ending knee injury in 1986, and then as a result had 23 different surgeries um, in order to redevelop not just the knee that he injured, but due to overcompensation, um, the other leg as well. And what's really a fascinating part of your story, John, is the whole the the whole mountain climbing as part of the rehab and and before break you were talking about climbing Mount Rainier and that was the first one and so I want to get to I know you've climbed fourteen mountains to date and that's correct right? Uh, actually, it's a little bit more than that, but yeah, I climbed fourteen mountains in uh, in a, in, a, in a span between uh, two thousand seven and two thousand nine. Okay, so 14 mountains in two years. That's very significant. So let's talk about how you got to the next goal, the next mountain, and, and, and how you reached that. And then I want to you know, uh, finish up with, uh, before break, before our next break, um, getting to Mount Everest then and what happened there. So t- walk us through some of the other mountains that you uh, climbed and summited. Um, well, I've been fortunate enough to to climb, you know, pretty much most of the high altitude peaks. So I climbed, uh, like I said, Mount Rainier was the first mountain, and I've had the opportunity to summit that mountain uh, four times now. And there's a beautiful mountain, the most photographed mountain in in the United States is Mount Shukshin, which is up in the northwest of, of uh, Washington. Uh, so I climbed up there. I've been able to climb in the Himalayas, so there's quite a few mountains in the Himalayas from Amadablam to Everest to Nupsi to um, uh, Island Peak. There's quite a few into that space. And then there's uh, Orizaba, which is the tallest mountain in Mexico, uh, down past Mexico City. I had an opportunity to climb that mountain. So there's, uh, and then there's other mountains within those ranges that you're on that you're able to climb and summit. So I had a great partner, a gentleman by the name of John Shea, who I met when I claimed Mount Rainier, and he was uh, 
my leader and my confidant, and he certainly uh, saved my life many a times on the mountains that we were able to climb together. But, you know, the, the whole journey of, of climbing the mountain, you know, started after our, I came down from Mount Rainier and having summited that mountain, it was just breathtaking to stand up on that summit and realize that I'd gone from, you know, the doctor telling me to buy a ranch, you wouldn't do steps, to climbing my way up Mount Rainier was, was really um, I, just life-changing, as you can imagine, just standing up on the summit, looking out, and, you know, I got fairly emotional, and uh, it was just a, it was, it was just a great accomplishment that uh, the team of folks that helped me get there um, you know, it was just, uh, so I had that, that feeling going on and, and the emotions with that. And then, um, I was asked to speak at a conference in Miami, the international cartilage restoration conference, I believe was the name of it. And, uh, I was speaking, my doctor was speaking about my surgery, my transplant. And I was in the audience and there were several doctors around me who, who didn't know I was going to be the, pa- I was the patient that my doctor was talking about. They just thought I was another doctor. And they were talking fairly negatively about the types of procedures that my doctor was talking about and, and indicating that maybe you're giving people false hope that these procedures aren't really going to work. You know, and I came to realize doctors are just like everybody else. They, you know, many of them embrace change, but also many of them struggle with change. And and so when I got up on the stage to give the couple-minute story of, of the, the patient side, I said to those doctors in the crowd, I said, listen, I don't know how I'm going to prove it to you, but I'm going to prove it to you that this procedure does work, and it does give people hope, and it does give them an opportunity. And I didn't know at the time how I was going to do that, but uh, after consulting with my friends and family, I, I determined if I climb Mount Everest, um, that could prove to people that it really can work. Now, that didn't mean I knew how to climb Mount Everest, um, but I said, what if I could? And uh, so we created a plan, myself and John Shea, my climbing guide, and the rest of the team. Um, we created a plan, and that's how we climbed 14 mountains, because the goal was to climb. Each mountain would teach me a new skill, you know, how to ice climb, expedition-style living, rope traversing, you know, all the different skills that you would need on a mountain like Everest. The goal was to really do it, not just, um, you know, try it and kill myself. It was, you know, I wanted to do it safe and smart. And so I had a great team that helped me get in shape, train. And, uh, and so that's why the 14 mountains were picked, were each to help develop those skill sets to climb Mount Everest. So each mountain became a step towards summiting Everest. That's that correct, was part, yeah. That's, yeah, that's part of the plan. So my family and my guy, John Shea, you know, at any time, if I, if I couldn't accomplish one of those other mountains, you know, the skill set required, then Everest would be off. You know what I mean? And uh, that was my commitment to everybody, that we would, you know, we would do this safely and uh, wanted to be smart about it. Yeah. And did you reach the summit the first time when you went to Everest? No, I did not reach the summit of uh, of Everest when we got there. It's uh, there was a, a Discovery show. Uh, Discovery did a documentary of my climb on Everest, and so it's uh, it's out there to see if if individuals want to see it. But we we got up past uh, Camp Four, got very close to the summit, and and weather came in as it can yeah. on Everest, and weather came in and uh, destroyed our ability to to have a summit there. 
Yeah, and I I certainly know that um, it it all depends. I mean, when you're summiting Everest, um, it all depends. Weather is a huge factor that uh, can literally knock you down in in terms of your quest to summit for sure. But what great fortitude you had, again, with – what I what I see here, John, is that you had this injury that was just a major obstacle, and so the the good leg becomes then the bad leg because of this overcompensation of your body as you're walking changes your gait, and then surgeries um, surgeries ensue on the other leg as well, and then it then it becomes a you know, a, a, almost a goal or a mission for you to say, again, what can I do? And I think there's so much value in sharing that message with people to talk about what you can do, not just in climbing mountains, but in your business life and your family life and your relationships. And it all really started with your desire to be able to play with your kids. It started there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I mean I, when I laid out that vision to play with my kids, uh, you know, I thought that was an impossible task. You know, that was a mountain that the doctors were telling me were going to be very difficult to climb, and used to use the pun again. But um, you know, it, we were able to get to that mountain, and then there was a you could set higher goals and higher expectations, and you know, we didn't stop at Everest. We've continued to pursue. Uh, other other opportunities and and so for me I think it it is if you if you can set those goals if you can passionately believe in it and then if you're able to surround yourself with just really really folks who believe in you and that you believe in each other and and support each other it's uh, you're able to accomplish things that you didn't think and so I'm able to set was able to set goals we were able to set goals that I, I w- would have laughed at somebody um, if they would have brought it up to me a year earlier. Yeah. And thank goodness for those doctors that you were sitting among at that conference, um, to, I, because I'm sure that was really inspiring for you to say where they were kind of you know, almost naysayers in the, in the process and in the program, not knowing that this was really kind of going to create a spark within you to say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this and I'm going to head to Everest. Um, as a result, because that would be the ultimate one to climb, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, just the, the, the team, the Dr. Cole in particular, took a big risk on me, and I felt like I owed it to him, and I owed it to, the, to all the medical folks that I had worked with and the rehab folks to, 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 to do something with what the opportunity that I was given. And so I was really motivated to give back, and yeah, I struggled with how to give back. I knew I wanted to give back, and you know, I tried several different ways of giving back over the last uh, over those two or three years. And you know, climbing Everest was a a, a great start, um, but it was it's been, it still is very important for me to give back to um, to those doctors, to the to the family, uh, the whole transplant community. Um, that just became a, a a new passion of mine, an important core value of who I am today. Yeah. And you and Dr. Cole started the Live Active Fund to support this research. Can you um, explain to our listeners about the fund and how they can support it? Yeah. So uh, first of all, you can go to the the site at uh, www.liveactive.com. 
now.org. Um, and uh, you can uh, read about uh, what research we're currently doing. So the goal is to raise money to do for orthopedic research, to advance um, you know capabilities um, in knee, shoulder, hip, back. You know, it's uh, if you take a look at it, uh, 49% of the reasons why people don't make it to work is because they have you know chronic uh, joint pain. Uh, so there's lots of statistics there, but it's um, it's important that we can help people. Uh, you know, be able to live a pain-free life and not have to live through medication, but that we can solve it through surgery or through rehab or through exercise or or changing the way you move. And uh, so we've we've learned a lot, discovered a lot, and and there's great people that we're able to support. And so by able, if people are able to donate to the Live Active uh, Foundation, we send all that money to, um, to various research projects that we have going on. Wonderful. And um, one of the things that we've talked about, John, is um, how your experience of overcoming the knee injury aligns with your success in the in the many different positions that you've held in, uh, you know, at the corporate level. Can you talk to and speak to our listeners about all the parallels that you saw and what you gained from that? Uh, you know, <clears throat> I've been very fortunate to uh, have some great mentors uh, through my business career and um, getting ex- getting exposure to them, learning how to persevere through things, how to plan through things, uh, really, uh, you know, has helped me tremendously in, 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 in this path. Without that, I'm, I'm not sure I, I would have uh, been able to get through it. Um, you know, it's... You know, I would say that uh, the hardest thing to do is, is you know, when you work in the business world, just like you do in your personal life, it's not about you, right? Even though it's it's your passion, your mission, um, it's really about the journey and winning as a team. And if your team is your, your wife and your kids, if your team is your friends, if your team is my son's youth football team or it's your coworkers, that journey together, and it's, a, it's not always a smooth journey. Many times it's a rocky journey. That journey is really important. And so surround yourself with, with people you really trust and care about, share a vision, and, uh, and then work together on that path. And, uh, you know, I, I, I never, until I had my transplant, I, I never applied that to my personal life. I, you know, as, I, as we talked earlier, learning to do that has really kind of complete, not completed, but well-rounded out that other part of my life. I had a lot of business success, but, you know, personally, I was probably, you know, fairly um, unbalanced and very focused in the business world. And now I've been fortunate enough to, to realize I can, I can have a similar impact with my family and friends. And, um, and then, then you really uh, brought all of that together to, um, to create Team Exos. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, that's probably the thing I'm most proud of uh, that I've, I've been able to do is, you know, when I was going through my rehab, I originally uh, worked through this great group from Athletico, a Chicago-based rehab company that did a, a great job with me, the team there. And then as I started to get ready to climb mountains, I took it to the next level. And I met with this gentleman by the name of Mark Verstegen, who owned a company called Athletes Performance down in Phoenix. It's a 
small little operation that trained some some professional athletes. Um, and Mark and team did some phenomenal things with me. I learned so much about uh, biomechanics and, and how your body moves and needs to move. And Mark and, and that team at uh, Athletes Performance were the ones that really enabled me to, to take that giant step to Everest. And Mark and I and the team at Athletes really hit it off. And in my search of trying to figure out a way to give back, you know, the, I was asked to do a lot of guest speaking and what I was afraid of is 20 years later, I'd be talking about what I did 20 years ago. And I really wanted, wanted to find a genuine way to give back, but really didn't have the expertise uh, other than my business sense. And um, what I was able to do is strike a relationship up with Mark Verstegen and the team at, um, at Athletes Performance. And so I became a partner and an investor in Mark's company, which became our company. And um, we have subsequently grown it from that single site. Uh, we've changed the name to Exos, E-X-O-S. And, you know, today we have 70-some sites. If everything goes well, tomorrow we'll have 300 sites. But um, we impact uh, about 4,000 athlete, professional athletes all over the world, which is great. And you know, we work with a lot of what you would know as the celebrity athletes. But the thing that's near and dear to my heart is, is that my goal all along is to, to create what we do for professional athletes, the knowledge, the technology, the systems, bring it to people like you and I, not so that we can try out for the NFL or not that we can run a marathon. If that's what you want to do, that's great, but so that we can live the most productive life, have the highest performance in our life, if that's with our kids, in our business, or um, if it's some sort of sports endeavor, to bring that to us. And so that's what we've been able to do now is we've created some great partnerships with uh, a lot of great companies uh, in the in the world here, and uh, so now I'm able to actually design systems and to use my business sense to bring this capability to people like you and I. And that really is taking this tremendous obstacle and and turning it into your life's work, your passion, your mission here, and why you've been put on this earth. You know, kudos to you. We've got one more break, and we'll be back to wrap it up with John Golden in just a minute. Thanks for listening. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you want to directly impact your business results, improve the quality of your life, learn to empower yourself, or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself? If so, directly connect with Fee Mazanke at Direct Connect Coaching. Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. 
Can you keep up? Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Zanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment. Thanks for listening. And we're back with John Golden, and he's talking about how to uh, attain your own personal summit as uh, John overcame 23 knee surgeries in, and began climbing mountains and didn't just climb one, but um, over 14 from what I understand. Right, right, John? Okay. Now, if you had a message that you wanted the listeners to know, I mean, if you can uh, encapsulate the, all of the lessons, the life lessons, the, the things that you have gained from going through this tremendous uh, difficulty of having all these surgeries and uh, breaking things down and asking yourself what, what it is that you can do and what do you want, um, what are some of the messages that you want to impart to the listening audience? I think, you know, it's very important that you advocate for yourself. And you can do that without being selfish. Uh, You know, it doesn't mean here's what I want. But for you to be the best you for yourself, for your family, your friends, you know, what needs to to be so? And then make sure that you surround yourself with uh, people and focus to be able to achieve those things. And, uh, and share that. Don't, don't hesitate. One of the things that um, I learned is you've got to be willing to be vulnerable. Um, working in a corporate executive job, many times it, you were you know, kind of told not to be vulnerable, not, not admit your weaknesses or not admit your goals, and you'd have to struggle on that on your own. And, and through this process, I learned that you need to be vulnerable. You need to be willing to share with people your concerns, your fears, but at the same time, share with them your passion, show them your passion and your drive to be able to change um, and make, make uh, um, uh, that transparency uh, weakness become a strength of yours. Um, so th- those are, you know, I think the other thing that I learned was it's important to realize that our bodies are meant to work a certain way. And, you know, I'd always grown up in the culture of, hey, you need to, if you want to lose weight, eat less. And if you want to, you know, feel better, exercise. And so I think everybody understands that. But, you know, life gets in the way. If if everybody knows they know need to eat less and exercise more, why aren't we? And, and you know, that, that's what we've discovered is, you know, for all of us, life gets in the way. So how how can we knock down some of the fallacies about working out? I mean, so, you know, we did a, a piece for the New York Times, the this, this seven-minute workout. I mean, you don't need an hour to work out. You need five minutes getting up and moving for two minutes. And just like anything else, it's the way you move, the quality of your movement matters as much as the fact that you're moving. So, you know, just recognizing that there's some very simple things that we can do that could lead to bigger things um, from an exercise and a nutrition standpoint. And, you know, I, I also learned quite a bit about, you know, just 
my my regular habits really impact not only how I feel today, but how I will feel in the long run. And so along this journey, working with all these great folks is, you know, it, it wasn't about making big changes. It was about making small little changes every day. And over time, they would lead to transformative changes that I just wouldn't have been able to conceive, you know, when I originally started the journey. If that was, you know, from climbing a mountain to climbing Mount Everest to, you know, having more energy at 48 than I did at 35. You know, it's uh, all those uh, things came about. And I love the simplicity of that message, too, John. You know, the fact that the the workout doesn't have to be an hour long. Um, It just needs to be quality movement. Obviously, in the nutrition part of things, um, which I'm I'm also passionate about, um, it's just quality choices in, um, you know, having energizing fuel for your body. Um, And I think that's a really valuable message to uh, to let the listeners know that it, oftentimes they look at making these monumental changes as climbing a mountain. I can't make these changes because I have to go from, you know, the, the base of the mountain um, all the way up. But what you're saying is breaking it down to, you know, reaching base camp and then going a little bit further and going a little bit further with some of your daily habits is the way to do this. And obviously that's how you got to climbing mountains after 23 knee surgeries. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's, you know, and the other thing is with it being transparent about what you're you're going through and being vulnerable about it. What it helps is that, you know, we're not, none of us are perfect. And, uh, you know, I'd love to be able to draw just a perfect linear graph of, okay, John said he's going to start to exercise, going to lose weight and climb this mountain. And, you know, I lost a pound every day and exercise twice every day, and you can just see it incrementally going up. But, you know, in life, I I use the term, we, we always have to deficit spend in something, in sleep, in eating, in exercise, uh, socially, there's, there, because life isn't linear, and, and so you, you do have to deficit spend. Just recognize when you're doing it and, and realize you're going to have to come back and credit that back some point. And so I don't try, you don't try to be perfect at everything. You, you set a goal, recognize what's the best path, and then look at over time, are you taking the right steps to get there? You know, one of the, the things that people don't realize is, as a metaphor, is when you go to climb Mount Everest, you know, it's not like you stand at the base of the mountain and you just climb up 29,000 feet. There's times in that mountain that you're actually climbing down. And at first, that frustrated me. I'm like, oh, this is wasted steps. Why aren't we just going straight up? Well, sometimes the best path to the mountain isn't the most direct path. And so you've got to be willing to, to take a switchback or climb down to climb back up because it's a safer, better route. It, it'll guarantee success. And that's what you have to think about in life is not every day is going to be perfect and not every day is going to be the, the straightest path to your, to your journey. You may have to take a left or a right, and that's okay. And don't beat yourself up over it. Yeah, that's a great analogy to to share because how many times, you know, have people on their journey, no matter what that journey may be, have they taken steps backwards or down in order to move forward and, and another great message. And I really love the vulnerability. One of the things that I enjoy 
um, because I coach a lot of uh, CEOs, presidents, vice presidents, people in tremendous leadership roles. And what's always fascinating when I coach people in that capacity is I tell them to share, be vulnerable and share some of the struggles. And inevitably, when they do share those struggles, what ends up happening is people champion around them more because it makes them human. You know, it's like, hey, if he can do it, I can do it too. And it, it's, it's not, like you said, not that linear path, but there's a lot of ups and a lot of downs and a lot of backs, back and forth, you know, to, uh, to do. So what's next for you, John? I'm curious to, to hear your thoughts on kind of what are your next goals, your next steps? Well, you know, I think life comes in phases. And um, right now I'm spending a lot of time trying to help my kids um, learn the lessons that I've uh, been able to learn from my mentors. And so, uh, as you mentioned at the beginning of the, of the show, uh, I'm coaching my son's football right now, and we're, uh, we're very fortunate enough to... Uh, last year, we won in a national championship at his uh, age 11 group, and this year we're going down for 12-year-olds. And so, looking forward to, to that. And so, it's just such a great experience to share with these young boys and men, um, you know, the you know how to how to how to go on this journey together how to train to be your best you know i can't control the dna in my town but i can try to get the most out of that dna and uh you know it's it's a great great uh, great time i'm having with my my son in football and my daughter i help her with her softball so my wife and i are very focused in that space for right now and you know really trying to grow our business so i'm really trying to take some steps that we can now reach not thousands, but millions of people through our Exos brand. And so, you know, that'll be my focus for the next you know, 18 to 24 months. I hope um, and fully expect that uh, during the course of these 24 months, there'll be a couple things I'll take on. There's a couple triathlons I've uh, signed up for and, uh, and hopefully that'll lead to something. Uh, I like to set kind of uh, very big goals, but when I, when I feel right about it, I'll set it. And uh, right now my, my time is split with the family and, and the business. And so I'll hold off those big uh, kind of personal physical goals until a couple of years. And isn't that nice that you have created that balance, you know, where you said earlier in your life and earlier in your career, there was kind of a lack of balance. But then uh, again, the the blessing or as I call it, the nugget in the the difficulty of all of the surgeries and then going through the rehab was to create a tremendous amount of balance. And so um, to be able to be taking your son for the second year in a row down for the playoffs, um, I think that's really exciting and, and wonderful time, not only for you and your wife, but certainly for your son and for the team. And I heard you talk a lot about um, teamwork today. Tell me your theories and philosophies about teamwork, because it seems like that is um, one thing that you really engage a lot in is the team concept. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, from my, when I got my very first uh, job, I met this individual named Chuck uh, Struck. He was from Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, he, he being where I, uh, being from Illinois, I actually met him in Wisconsin. Or from, he's from Wisconsin. I met him in Florida. And so, but he was so different from what I had grown up with. 
and we're on the same team. He's about 15 years my senior, so he was uh, um, somebody I really looked up to. And he really showed me the value in, in teams and how to take diversity to make it a strength. And so I've always uh, taken those early life lessons and, 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 and rely on that all the time. And, you know, I believe in, in creating a team, it's important that you create a vision and a, and, and a sense of purpose that everybody can rally behind, that everybody can believe in and, and be passionate about. And not everybody will be, and, and so then it makes sense to get them that they should join another team. doesn't mean that your team is better. It just means that if you can't be passionate about it, then you know you need to need to join a different team, and many times we make the mistake of trying to stay on a team, even though we're not passionate about it, and that usually ends up in a bad spot, either for the team because they start, you know, ostracizing the individual, or the individual starts feeling left out. So I think it's important as a leader to recognize when somebody's truly doesn't make sense to be part of the team, and and encourage them to change teams before it becomes a problem. So that's that's important point number one. You got to be very passionate about what you do, and have a shared purpose. And then n- number two, you've got to give people the latitude to do what they do best, and you've got to trust them. You got to be there to catch them if they fall, but you've got to trust them. And it's you know I've found that uh, you need to take people of all types of experiences and backgrounds because it's going to make it a lot more successful. You're going to be able to achieve something far greater than you would have if you would have taken people who were like you with like background. Sometimes when you take that diversity of backgrounds and skills, it makes the journey a little more of a challenge because people think differently, believe in things differently, and so you, you might knock heads, but that's okay. You know, you, If you're, you're both passionate about what's going on, you'll work your way through that. And when you finish the journey and, and achieve the mission, it's it's going to be even a richer experience. And and so for me, that's been kind of the formula that I've worked with. Uh, if it's in my business life, climbing the mountain, working with my surgery, or in my current business, is to surround myself with that great uh, diversity, talent, and shared passion. And so many wonderful insights that um, you've shared with us today, John. And I want to uh, encourage our listeners that if you feel so inclined, please uh, make sure that you support the Live Active Fund at www.liveactivenow.org. Um, and, uh, you know, just look at ways that you can um, be an advocate for yourself and have that focus of what you can do. I mean, those are some really wonderful underlying messages. So thank you so much for sharing your story today, John. I really feel like it's going to, and it has already helped a tremendous number of people in the listening audience to uh, look at their own lives and to be able to make changes for themselves. So thanks so much for being a wonderful guest today. Oh, it's, it's, it's an honor to be part of your program. And thank you for everything that you're doing for, for the audience. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. I do want to remind our listeners to remain present this month and always ask yourself if you're being fully present in the moment uh, as you begin to prepare and celebrate the holidays. Uh, Certainly, as always, for the men and women who have served or who are serving our country, we give you our thanks and praise for your unselfish dedication to our country and to our freedom. And to you, the listeners, thank you for spreading 
good cheer and the powerful message of this program, please pass it on and share our link with others. And I wish all of you a very wonderful and inspired week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you again for joining us this week on Direct Connect Empowerment. Fima Zanke will be back with another guest next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.